Welcome, everyone, to our podcast, You Don't Need a Do-Over, You Need an Action Plan. I'm your host, Jermaine Donaldson, and on this episode, we'll explore the topic of marriage with our guest, Jeff Wright. Jeff Wright is the CEO and president of UMI, Urban Ministries Incorporated, the largest media and publishing firm serving African-American churches and consumers nationally. He previously worked nearly 20 years in two Fortune 100 healthcare and consumer products companies and holds graduate degrees in law and business. His wife, Lakita Gump Wright, is a national leader and spokesperson in youth character education. The Wrights have been together 15 beautiful years, have four children, and live in Chicago. I'm stoked to get some of the wisdom that has made Jeff's journey possible, and I know all of you will grow from it. So how's, how's everything going, Jeff? Things are going great, man. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to participate in this. Thanks for joining, Jeff. I mean, I begin to think of some of the people I've met through my journey and I've talked to with marriage, about marriage, and your name just popped in my head as I begin to say who would be great to help people as they lay out 2019 as it relates to marriage. So can't let you get off the line without pulling some of that wisdom out of you and, and sharing it with our listeners. So thanks for joining I'm happy to be here, and I'm also happy just to get the opportunity to remind myself of the things that I say that I need to be doing in my own marriage. So let's have that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, you know me. I'm a, I'm a lover of quotes, and I heard a quote many years ago from Frank Schubert, and it just stuck with me. I never was able to shake it, and it's pretty much been with me through my whole 13 years of marriage, and the quote goes something like this, happy is the man who finds a true friend and far happier is he who finds that true friend in his wife. So just thinking about that, it always kind of touches me and makes me think, but what does that quote mean to you, and how would you relate it to your life? Happy is the man who finds a true friend, and far happier is he who finds that true friend in his wife. Wow, that's a powerful quote. I'm instantly reminded of one of my favorite quotes, mm. which defines friends as family that you choose for yourself. A friend is family you choose for yourself. So mm. I think that, you know, our birth family is one of the things God chooses for us. Yes. But we get the opportunity to add to our family by our selection of friends. You know, none of us chose the family we were born in. But mm -hmm. we do get to choose our friends. And, of course, uh, I think that definition of a friend, a family that you choose for yourself, is, uh, is, is a pretty powerful one. So the most important friend you're going to choose is your mate. Uh, you <laughs> exactly. Know, that's the most important friend you're going to choose. We choose a lot of friends. Uh, my wife has a quote that she makes when she's doing speaking around the country to young people, and she says, you show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Mm. So think about it. Your marriage. I mean, marriage is hard enough with someone you love. Having yourself mm. as a friend <laughs> means it's also somebody you like. So you got to choose carefully, and, and that's what I think about. I think about the fact that uh, we we make these choices. God didn't mm -hmm. choose our mate. I know some people say, well, God chose my mate for me. Well, if he did, how come y'all not getting along better? You know, <laughs> I think that, <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a choice of a friend. And that is the singular most important choice of a friend slash family member uh, that we're going to make. And that's what that quote reminds me of. 
That's that's great. That's great. I love it. So of all the things you've accomplished, and you've accomplished a lot, we, we hit a couple of those great markers just in introducing you. Where does your marriage rank and why? So, so Jermaine, marriage is not on my list of accomplishments. It's just not wow. I'm not there yet, man. Mm, mm. It is Tell me more. Not finished. Well, it started at the altar, mm-hmm. and I just believe I'm still working on it. It's just not finished. I mean, I think that uh, it was a phenomenal accomplishment for me to find the love of my life, the love of the rest of my life, my wife, Lakita. That was an accomplishment. I found her, or she found me, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> but, but it's not finished. It's not finished. I will say that uh, marriage, my marriage, is the number one item, after myself anyway, on my to-do list and on my prayer list. It's something I'm working on. I haven't accomplished it. I'm constantly pushing the envelope because the hardest thing on my list, and it takes a lot of work. Uh, I I would say that um, marriage, thinking in terms of accomplishment, it's not a task to complete, but it's a decision you make to serve somebody else. And I got some scripture to back me up on that. I, I like the message version of 1 Corinthians 7. And uh, Peterson in, in 1 Corinthians 7, a few verses down, says, marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve mm. the other, whether wow. in bed or out. Marriage is a mm. decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Now, that's the Bible. That's Peterson's uh paraphrase translation of Paul's letter in First Corinthians 7. And so I'm working on serving better. I'm working on being a more accomplished spouse, husband, but it ain't done yet, buddy. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, I, you, you're speaking to my sentiments exactly. And as a married man myself, I know that both me and my wife, Rachel, we're growing and we're changing every single day like i'll come with her with a goal or something that i'm having my mind to do and to be honest you know that may change you know three months later six months later two years later i got a whole new set of goals and a whole new list of things to do and she's trying to understand how to support me through it all and how to love me through it all and even how to challenge me on some occasions through it all so i know that it is an ever-evolving thing and i'd love to ask you how do you manage to keep your relationship positive through all the changes, because every change that you face in your marriage is not positive, but the way you respond to it is key to the success and the longevity of the marriage. So I'd love to get your insight on how that dynamic works in your marriage. Well, you know, you got to keep working on it, and and it's really important because you will want to give up. You will get frustrated. You will want to do things to your mate that I don't even want to say on a podcast because you will. It's just reality. It's hard. and. Mm-hmm. To do that and, that and to have the right attitude to do that, I really believe you've got to do at least these four things. Number one, know that you are not perfect. You are not. I know you think you're perfect because you're comparing yourself to your spouse, but guess what? You're not perfect, okay? Uh, and often in our marriages, we come at it with this attitude that we got to figure it out. They do not. And so here's why we're going to set our spouse straight. Oh, really? No, you mm-hmm. are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Number two, 
And this one, I mean, I have to work on this. I, I really do. I'll be honest. And I know if we found the couple has been married 70 years, and I know some people have been married that long, and you ask them, you have to be open. You have to be open to, first of all, that point I just made, the knowledge that you're not perfect, you don't have it all together, uh, but you also have to be open to criticism because guess what? <laughs> Your spouse might be right. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't say it, Jeff. Don't say it. I hate to say it. You know, I, I, I joke, and it is a joke, but there's a certain grain of truth in it. I, I tell husbands, look, you know, you got two choices. You can be happy or you can be right. Stop mm. telling me right so much. <laughs> My last name is right, and I choose happy. Just be happy, okay? Because uh, your spouse might be right. And and all of that is just, just in the broad rubric of being open to criticism. No, you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Be open to criticism. My number three would be let go of your position. Just let it mm -hmm. go. And, mm -hmm. and often we lock into a position because we think we're perfect and we're above criticism. And we just might need to let go of a position. Sometimes we hold positions on stuff. It's just not that significant. And so you're putting a wedge in your number one relationship, your number one friendship, because you just made your position more important than a person, that person who is your spouse. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you can do these three things, you know, really recognize you're not perfect, really be open to criticism, be willing to let go of your position when you understand, and this is my fourth one on this thing, that we all have blind spots. I mean, we do. There's this... Um, thing called the Johari window, you can Google it, uh, J-O-H-A-R-I, I think it's named after two guys named Joe and Harry, but it's really a framework for understanding uh, that everybody has blind spots, and basically, the blind spot paradigm falls in four buckets. One is, I know you don't know. There's some stuff I know that my spouse doesn't know that's absolutely true. It could be in a situation, it could be in life. It could be, you know, we just walked into a restaurant. I've been there before. She hasn't. I know. You mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. Then there's the you know, I don't know paradigm. You know, we go someplace that she's been before or we bring up a subject that she knows all about and I don't. Okay? So mm -hmm. that you know, I don't know. Don't. And then there is the position where neither of us knows. Okay? We're in a strange situation. This sort of blind spot. I mean, mm -hmm. the goal is to try to open up the blind spot. And then, of course, the easy one is where we both know. I know and you know. So let me just do that again. This is Johari window. And, and I'm making the point that in almost every marital situation, and particularly those uh, where there are positive changes that you want to bring, you come in knowing that these changes are going to come from one of these four positions. There's something that mm -hmm. you know that your spouse doesn't know. There's something that your spouse knows that you don't know. There are these things that neither of you know, and then there are things that both of you know. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you look at conflict and start sorting through that matrix of four positions, it helps you to appreciate the fact particularly if you're the one who's in the not knowing position or both of you are in the not knowing position, that blind spots are real. I love it. I love it. I know that that's, that's helpful. If we never said anything else, that'll help a whole lot of people really stop, recalibrate, 
as they go about having a conversation or a discourse with their significant other. That's huge. That's huge well, and helpful. This, this, this is so, so important because, you know, when we lo- allow our relationships, our friendship that we call our marriage, to degenerate into negativity, and we're doing it because, you know, we think we're perfect or we're not open to criticism or we hold on to a position that we don't want to let go of, it's so often just a result of not acknowledging that we all have blind spots. You cannot see the back mm-hmm. of your head. Sometimes even with a mirror, you can't see it. And mm-hmm. God your spouse in your life to help you work through these areas where you have a blind spot. Wow, that's huge. Well, if you're listening, I hope you are taking notes and you're looking up the Jahari uh, framework because that's going to be huge in helping you uh, resolve conflict. So you, you led me right perfectly into my next question for you, Jeff. And I know myself, I'm a big person with just expectations. That's like the core of my life. I love setting expectations. I love having things to reach for. Without an aim, I feel aimless, so I have to have it. So, And I usually look at these key areas of my life when I set up like a target, if you will, that I want to achieve. So as it relates to marriage, do you have any goals for yourself, for your marriage, for 2019 that you've preset or that you're kind of whittling on to work out to really help you feel like you've been successful as it relates to marriage for 2019? Well, Jermaine, you know, we like each other for a reason. We're both a lot alike, okay, in that regard. <laughs> and I worked in corporate America. A lot of my jobs were in strategic planning. And mm-hmm. when you're in the corporate environment, there's budgets every year and there's department goals and team goals and individual goals. And I got uh, addicted, really, to the whole space <laughs> of goal setting. And it looks like it should work for everything, okay? Mm-hmm. And um I spent a lot of years being very, very rigid in goal setting for my marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I drove my wife crazy. It was like, you know, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have six areas, uh, financial, personal, physical, uh, friends and family, uh, uh, health and wellness, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, pick your categories. There, there are a lot of good lists like that. I, mm-hmm. I like uh, Michael Hyatt recent book on that, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but Michael Hyatt used to be uh, uh, the leader of one of the largest Christian publishing firms, and then, um, you know, he got into a lot of uh, personal self-development and Mm -hmm. uh, executive coaching, and he just published a book about a year or so ago on um, just kind of having a life plan, and and it's an excellent book. You can find it. I can't remember the name of it, but Mm -hmm. everybody isn't like us. Remember that let go of the physician thing that I was interested in earlier? <laughs> you know, my wife doesn't like a rigid life plan. And a lot of people mm. like that. They're very artistic. In fact, artists don't like plans. I'll just tell you that mm-hmm. right now. You may be married to an artist uh, or somebody who's <laughs> in this podcast. And guess what? Artists don't like plans. You know, they want a canvas to paint on, but they mm-hmm. don't want a plan. And um, I do believe that in order to move your relationship forward, you do need goals. And I think. Because I'm a goal setter kind of a person, the more specific those goals are, the more mm-hmm. you're going to get done. So I do set goals yearly, whether you know my wife goes along with me or not. I do it because <laughs> that's who I am. And I think goals in those four or five key areas, especially uh, financial goals, because you know how much money you're going to make. You know, mm-hmm. I think goals around family. You know, you're going to go to Thanksgiving dinner at somebody's house or at mm-hmm. your house. 
And I think that uh, goals around your children, goals around your spiritual growth and development, your, your faith community, it's important to set those goals just so you can have a life plan and it makes things orderly. But, I, you know, I would write mine down. I kept them on a piece of paper in the kitchen. I'd pull it out if we had an argument and go, here's the goal. <laughs> but, but just be clear, not everybody's going to go for that, okay? Exactly. So exactly. to answer your question specifically, my goals around my marriage for 2019, because I've already been thinking about them, I can promise you my wife is not. <laughs> and, and we normally go through ours between Christmas and New Year's. I go, okay, hey, mm. let's set some time, some time and talk about mm-hmm. these goals that I've come up with. And my wife rolls her eyes and looks at me and goes, okay, here we go. <laughs> but I, I've got four that I'm, that I'm thinking about right now, just to be very transparent and personal. So I'm, one of my goals is around increasing intimacy. Now, wow. intimacy doesn't That's mean good. in the bed. Intimacy mm-hmm. is about transparency. Intimacy mm-hmm. is about I can share my deepest thoughts with you. Intimacy... Mm-hmm. It's to be distinguished from passion. Uh, you know, passion is, yeah, I'm hot for you right now. I need to work on that, you know, and sculpt my six-pack or whatever we got to do. <laughs> but I'm talking about intimacy, not passion. Mm-hmm. And I want my relationship to go to a new level of intimacy in 2019 where wow. I'm being more transparent about what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. I'm trying to get to a place where our level of, uh, sharing what she doesn't know that I know goes to a much higher level. And I want the same for her. So I got an intimacy goal. Wow. The second is a little more pragmatic. Uh, my wife's mom is 90. My mom mm-hmm. is 98. Mm-hmm. And I want to set some goals. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to talking to my wife about some goals around the care of our aging parents. Now, wow. neither one of us at this <laughs> moment are in a caregiving position. Uh, mm-hmm. Our other siblings are doing it. But we have mm-hmm. been, we have both been uh, uh, caregivers, and we're looking at, okay, what's going to happen in the caregiving space with a 98-year-old and a 90-year-old in 2019? And, you know, mm-hmm. we hope that, you know, we get to see both of them reach 120. But right mm-hmm. now, we're not putting our head in the sand. And this is an area where a lot of people uh, bring a lot of stress and tension in their marriage because they don't think about the yeah. responsibilities of caregiving. There's horror yeah. stories out there. Uh, families where siblings are at odds with each other because nobody wants to take care of mama or there's a disagreement about where she's going to go or somebody's trying to get the money or the silver or whatever. I think you need to have goals around caregiving in the extended family, and we're working on that. We have a a goal around the education of our youngest. He's 12 years old, so we've still got six years to work with him. And Mm -hmm. we're constantly looking at what are the schooling options? We recognize that we're the primary educators of our child, and we can't blame everything on the schools, but what we choose and who we choose is something that we need to carefully think about and plan for, and that's on the list. And then finally, uh, my wife and I have been blessed to uh, be able to work together on some things that we're doing at UMI or Ministries Incorporated. We just did a uh, we launched a new uh, YouTube um, program called Sunday School Made Simple, and we're trying wow. to, to uh, get uh, teachers and Christian educators better prepared to teach the International Uniform Lesson Series. So she's working on that, and, you know, I'm basically executive producing that. But mm-hmm. this is putting us in a situation where we work together in a way that we've mm-hmm. never worked together before. 
Wow. And that's always a challenge, you know, uh, being in love and being in business is, is a challenge. So we're going to set some Ooh. specific goals around that. There awesome. you have it. I love it. I love it. That's super detailed and exactly what we need. So I appreciate your transparency. And don't be shocked if I borrow a couple of those. Cause they, they seem to be all free, man. I'm giving them to you a podcast. <laughs> we don't know where you're going to go inside the space. They definitely align with some of the things that I'm working on, so that, that's perfect. Well, we, we've got to the last question, and this is always my favorite question to ask guests on the show. Depending on whatever topic it is, it still always finds a way to be profound. If you could go back to day one of your marriage journey with your beautiful wife and you could talk to yourself with all of the things you know now, what kind of advice or what kind of information would you tell yourself on day one that you feel like it helped speed up or help you get uh, to the place you are now a little bit faster? What would you share and what do you feel like you've learned that's worth imparting to anybody that's, that's just starting this journey? That is such an unfair question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, the real question is if you could go back to day one, would you do it? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the answer is, of course, you would do it because you would be who you were when you went back to day one. Exactly. Here's what I would say to that. Um, and this is something that, um, uh, you know, I have actually been thinking about a lot as we come up to this goal setting period that I mentioned that we do between um, the end of the year and the beginning of the next year. And probably my strongest advice would be just think and pray before you react. So much of my mess that I brought into my relationship is because I just reacted without mm. thinking. Mm, think good. and pray, just like pause. Our minds are going so fast, we're multitasking, we're taking in so much data, and we are, you know, we have to be really careful to just reflect. And reflecting, mm. thinking, considering, praying, is real important. It'll keep you from getting in a lot of trouble. That would be number one. I would say to myself, think, stop, slow down, pause, pray, see if you can hear from God, and then react. Don't just react. You know, not ready, fire, aim. Uh, pause, contemplate, <laughs> reflect. The second is just the same thing, really, I would say. You know, engage your brain before opening your mouth. Mm. Uh, uh, we are in a world today that is just so conditioned to quick soundbite, snappy responses, and the quicker you can come back with a reaction before somebody else says something, the smarter you supposedly are. And we're conditioned because, you know, we're watching this rapid-fire media where everybody's trying to do everything they can to get in that mm -hmm. eight-second window of attention that we know people have now. But this is marriage, man. I, I, I think you need to be able to just pause and really – Take a minute and think before you open your mouth and just rattle off. And I know there are many people who wish they could take words back that they've said to their spouse. I, I know I am. Uh, I, I got plenty of things I wish I could take back. That if I just <laughs> engage my brain before I open my mouth, things might be different. And, you know, the ladies never forget anything, Jermaine. They don't forget anything. Never. None of them forget. Never. They'll be bringing up stuff you said when you were coming out of the movies in year six. <laughs> Month two, day four. And it's like, do you remember that? Yeah. How do you know that? that? And and it hurt me. <laughs> okay. So engage your brain before opening your mouth. 
Uh, and I, this all is summed up with, uh, you know, the announcement that you get on the airplane. You know, in the unlikely event that there is a change in marriage pressure, a mask will drop down from the ceiling. <laughs> put, put your mask on first before you try to help somebody else. So mm-hmm. I'd end with that. Put your mask on first. You make sure mm-hmm. you take care of you before you start trying to fix your spouse. And I think um, – That'd be the one thing I'd say to myself if I could go back to day one of my marriage journey. Put your own mask on first. Deal with you, and then maybe you can help her. Wow. I love it. I love it. Well, Jeff, this has been amazing. I'm excited for our listeners to get a chance to hear all of this wisdom you share. But before we go, I do want to give you just a few moments. If there's anything that you got going on that you're working on that's right now that people need to hear about, uh, that you just want to share out there, I'd love for you to just take a couple of seconds to share at least one of the things you got going on because you're always working on something that's amazing. Well, you know, one of the things that we're responsible for that sometimes keeps me up at night is we're preparing weekly and daily Bible study content that is specifically contextual for people of African descent, you know, whether they're here in the U.S. or in Africa. We live hard lives. We've got an assignment. We're in the richest country on the planet which means that we're in a position of influence like Nehemiah or like Joseph mm-hmm. or like Daniel mm-hmm. or Esther. And so you need to equip yourself with biblical content and wisdom so God can get the most out of you. He put you in this position just like he chose the family you were born in. And so mm-hmm. your purpose as you sit in this position in the U.S. has got to be profound. It's got to mean something. And one of the resources that we have uh, – uh, created very recently is Precepts for Living Online. And it's just basically daily Bible study content that's uniquely for people of African descent to make it through the journeys and the struggles of life. And so I'm I'm excited about that, just like I'm excited about Sunday School Made Simple on YouTube. On the mm-hmm. web, giving people contextual Bible study content that will take them through the Bible over a period of time and help us be more equipped for the purposes that God has assigned for us. It's something I'm very excited about. And I hope people will check out preceptsforlivingonline.com because of that Urban Ministries content that will bring them into a closer relationship with God, but also a more effective living out of the purpose that he has for us here in these United States and on the globe. We got to be more intentional about bringing highly contextual biblical wisdom and content to our daily living and to our marriages wow that's awesome so i, I hope you're listening we're, we're dropping knowledge right now if you haven't signed up or you haven't checked it out that website one more time is preceptsforlivingonline.com check it out yes. i'm sure it will bless you and it'll be a great great benefit to you as you map out 2019 and you want to be your strongest, your most focused, your most goal-driven, and ultimately your most successful to have the best year of your life. So thanks again, Jeff, for jumping on the line. I hope you all got something out of this episode. I know I did, and I'm looking forward to having my goal-setting sit-down session with my missus. It's going to be great. And I'll leave you with the quote that we started with. Happy is the man who finds a true friend and far happier is he who finds that true friend in his wife. Look forward to talking with you all next time.